So this might be my favorite episode of all time <laughs> for right now because we are going to talk about how to get started in okay. home educating your kids, uh, where to get started, what to know, some of the resources we love and value, some of the ones not so much, um, how to approach curriculum. Anyways, there's lots to this conversation and we pray that it blesses you. So we'll see you on the other side. I know when we started this journey of home educating, it felt like you were just drinking from a fire hose all the time. The amount of information that is possible to consume. Right. Also, the amount of uh, just uncertainty that goes into what are my kids going to do? How am I going to handle this? How's our day going to actually pan out? Is it is this something that we can even handle? Mm-hmm. And obviously you, Selena, have taken the, the charge. You've, you've been the tip of that spear and you've run with it. You've done a phenomenal job. I mean, I'm you know, working from home, but I get to watch you kind of lead that process. So Selena, I'm just, I almost want to just interview you today mm-hmm. and say, what, what resources do you, do you recommend? So essentially that's what we're going to be doing. Um, but hopefully this will be helpful for you mm-hmm. if as a parent, you're thinking that based on the Lord leading you, maybe based on some of the videos that we just released before this, at the end at the, this, the home education series that we did, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're feeling led in that direction and you're thinking, how in the world do I even start this? And so we're hoping to help you uh, save some time and you know, point you in some directions that we've found especially fruitful in our lives and the lives of our kids and even to share a day in the life. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, it's It, it, it truly is. What am I talking about? You're like, how do you know it's not that hard? It's all right. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I put my foot in my mouth. No, <laughs> no but it's, it's, I think it's not, uh, it, it can be demystified is what I mean yes. to say is that yes. there's this kind of, it's shrouded with mystery and we're here to say, let's look behind the veil. Yeah. It's, it's not so bad. So before we do that, I'm Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We're the Faces Voices founders of Fierce Parenting. Thank you for being with us today. You've given us some time and we hope to make your time, or we, we hope to make it worth your time as we talk through this topic. Our whole mission with Fierce Parenting is to point you to Christ, to give you tools that you can use to disciple your children, mm-hmm. to help you think about parenting through a truly biblical lens and, and, and live in the joy that is available to you as a parent through the gospel. Right. So if you want to be a partner with us, you want to join, join the conversation, you can do that through uh, the, the YouTube comments or um, leave a rating and a review on the podcast. If you're listening, we really appreciate those. Uh, if you want to partner with us on a deeper level, you can go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. Mm-hmm. And that will give you an option uh, to lock arms with us in a financial way, financial capacity. We would love that if the Lord leads you to do that. Okay. Let's let's get down to let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Uh, so again, we are going to talk about sort of how to get started in mm-hmm. your home education journey. Uh, we'll share a little bit of a day in the life for us, and hopefully, we'll get through some resources as well and what we've learned from those. Um, it is a journey. It's like familiarizing mm-hmm. yourself kind of with a new country, right? You're you're trying to figure out the language, figure out what everybody's talking about when they say drop certain terms. Um, and home education has come a long ways in the last mm-hmm. even 20 years. You know, when we were kids, yeah. home education was uh, more isolated. I think there were potentially less communities and less people gathering. It was more um, just the homes and we are seeing a drastic difference. I mean, home education is taking off right now. So um if you did not, you're probably wondering, well, why are you home educating? Why do, don't you think public schools are good? We have answered all of those questions in previous episodes. So make you sure go. you go ahead and take a listen. We get into more in depth. Uh, we go through some of the history of the government funded schools. 
and why we call them that. Um, so go back, check out all our thoughts as Christians and why we believe that we should be home educating and or discipling our children. Um, so before you jump into all the things, maybe you're really excited. I was I was pretty excited. I was my fears were, you know, the socialization and will I be able to do it all? Um, Ryan was like, yes, do it. It'll be fine. Um, you know, but before you jump into any of the books, the nature walks, the poetry, all the fun things that sound just amazing and rich, um, we need to be smart. We need to start smart. Okay, so what that means, we use um, HSLDA.org, so Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Um, they give you seven simple steps, and I'm going to just walk through these because they are helpful. They're very illuminating um, to get started. It is not a Christian-based uh, or, organization, um, but it is very home school based obviously in real the quick name. i know we're getting the seven steps but why legal defense association are, are we at risk like legally right, speaking is that something that is potentially depending on where you're at in the country um it i think home education is banned i want to say in dare i say france or germany there there are kids that there are families that are not allowed to home educate and so i think it's germany there are yeah. Germany, yeah so there are countries that will not allow you to do this um we are not there in the united states yet um, different states have different laws, which is where we need to start is, well, I would back up and I would first say, and then there's seven simple steps. They say, connect with parents who are already homeschooling. So you're watching this video. You probably mm. know a mom or two or families that are home educating and you can go to them. You have resources right there. Find people who are doing that. Uh, number two, understand your state's homeschool law. So this is important. And I didn't know this until about a year or two in, uh, because my kids were in preschool, you know, they're three and four and. I was just like, does it really matter? And it is very important to know, and again, be smart about how you start, right? Know what your your laws are in your state, um, how they're regulated. You don't have to overshare your information, but like this year we had to tell our school district that uh, we are opting out to keep our youngest at home. And we for just, us, it's just like a one letter. It's one page one, you one print off letter. and you just write their name and some... Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm a rule follower. I, it's not like they're going to come take my kids if we don't do this, but I'm just like, let the record show. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to fear. So we are keeping her home. We have that freedom. We have that right. So, and I understand what my homeschool laws are in the state of Washington. Okay. So number three, learn about the different teaching styles, learning styles, educational approaches. I think this is hmm. probably one of the most beautiful parts of home education because uh, you're not, like we said in the Industrial Revolution, you're not compartmentalizing like each child right. and picking them out and putting them you know, where the best ones should go and all of that. You are remembering that they are human beings made in the image of God. And so there's a bunch of different styles that you can take, especially if you have one, two, three, four, five, six, however many children you have at home, probably not 25 to 30 like a classroom, right? And so... Are we going to get into those styles yes, briefly? Yes, I'm going to get okay. into those briefly, okay. so don't worry. I'm, I'll drop a few of the, the main ones so that you can become familiar with those like terms. This. I'm just along for the ride. I'm on. I'm it's on, fine. It's good. I'm on, I'm on the Selena train. <laughs> <laughs> Going to homeschool town. Going to homeschool town. Um, so step one, connect with parents who are already homeschooling. Step two, know your state laws and understand them. Uh, step three, learn about the teaching styles, learning styles, mm. educational approaches, especially if you're a kid. Um, has a learning disability or struggles, has dyslexia or, you know, anxieties about testing and things mm -hmm. like that. So you get to understand that. You get to be equipped and ready to uh, take that on. Number four, choose curriculum. Uh, now, there's a bunch of arguments on whether or not you choose curriculum. Uh, that is up to you. That's, the, again, the beauty and the wonderful uh, 
part of homeschooling is you can kind of mm-hmm. piece together what you'd like. Um, I would suggest getting familiar with stuff, like really familiar, like give something at least a six-week trial before you throw it out. Um, that's kind of been my rule of thumb is at least two to three months, if not a year or two, uh, before I say, you know what, this really is just not working because sometimes you just got to push through some of the hard stuff and you roll with it, you grow with it, and you become better people for it, right? So choose curriculum. We'll talk about that in a minute. Decide where you will homeschool and create a schedule. Uh, that is, again, another beautiful thing. If it's nice and you live in sunshine, man, you can do school outside every day. That's we have awesome. a home We have a home education like room. Um, some people, we used to do it at our table. Uh, it still kind of ends up at the table, uh, which is great. Um, but yeah. as kids get older and they get more independent, you might need to, you know, figure out what works best for them. Uh, enjoy the learning process. Reevaluate, change what isn't working. So this, this is, is step, step number six. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the most rewarding things about home educating is that I feel like my education is being reclaimed with my children. So I am learning, relearning mm. some of these things in a new way. And we are integrating and we're connecting it and we're figuring out how God Mm. is alive in this and how beautiful and deep and wonderful it is. And they have the time to kind of revel in it. It's not just moving on to the next thing to check the boxes, right? Um, Number seven, celebrate and highlight your students' growth and achievements. Uh, So we are still working on what this looks like because, again, our kids are, are younger. They're getting older. So when they get to the end of a a school year, you know, we kind of tell them what grade they're in because that's a funny homeschool thing, right? Um, And we, when they finish a book, like we have to go through math books because that's how we have decided to teach math. Um, When they finish a book, you know, we might take them out for ice cream and give them, they get a little certificate. So marking those beginnings, those ends, um, keeping records is just really important, I think, to your journey. Yeah. Do you have any? No, I love it. Okay, love you, it. you'll be able to chime in on this next. Okay, part. good. Right. So I've been waiting. A day in the life of of us, our, of the Fredericks. So again, this all it says. No, no, it says Frederick Academy. Okay, which that's not something we use, but we it sounds kind of fancy. It's just kind of funny. We should start saying that. <laughs> come, so, children, Frederick, come Acana- Frederick Academy. Yes. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, remembering like this is where we talk about at the foundational level, like what are your values, your desires, your mission as a family, as mm. parents for your kids? What is the how has the Lord led you to this point? What's important, and we'll share what's important to us and why. Um, mm. As you're probably familiar with, or if you're not, go to fierceparenting.com. You'll see our three <laughs> tenants, which are. I'm giving you a chance to talk. Great, thank you. Uh, what are they? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are a blessing. Parenting or, or uh, parenting. family is God's idea, yes. and all parenting is discipleship. Right. Those are our three tenets. They happen to drive our parenting as a family, yes. but also the whole ministry is driven by those three tenets as well. Yeah. So every year, I we sit down and write down goals for each of the kids. So each of the girls, like by the end of the year, I want them to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And these are driven by just a few factors: um, my knowledge and understanding of my own children, right? So I understand their age, where they're at developmentally, uh, how they can learn best, and mm. any like learning disabilities they may have. So I can consider that and then consider where we should be in the next nine to ten months we do tend to do school year round our summer learning is less formal but we continue i mean when do you stop are we ever supposed to take three months off of anything really it's like education is an atmosphere it's an environment and so can um, i can i interject because i want to while we're well, talking about values desires and mission okay because it does inform how we emphasize certain aspects of our children's education mm-hmm. um and so we, so I view it kind of more 
pre-industrial, I view it through a pre-industrial revolution lens, meaning that our family has an industry. We have a family, we have a, we have a home industry, an industry of our family. And for us, it is writing. And that sounds so kind of basic, but like we, that's how we support our family. Mm-hmm. Books are, we say this all the time in our family, books are life. Because we live in books, we write books, we live by books, we live in the Word of God, we stake our eternity on the book that is the Word of God. And so we were teaching them about math, we're teaching them about science, like they're fast, kids at, at they're so curious, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll, they will absolutely stay engaged. Like I could talk to them about any sort of STEM topic. Um, I, I, I last and night you do. <laughs> I talked to him about some of the Greek stuff that I'm that I'm studying uh, last night on the way home Della was translating we were translating Greek together I was giving her a phrase and I, she knows the word so she can do kind of rough translations and she was just lighting up and so we, we do generally talk about things but I I'm kind of I had this bent in teaching them what it means to be one who can craft a narrative who can mm-hmm. who can write a, write a book who can write a story I've done I've studied a lot what it what it means to um, uh, write, write fiction, both fiction and nonfiction, and I and I pass those lessons down to the girls, and they love drawings. So we talk about what is what would it mean to be an illustrator of stories. Mm-hmm. All that being said, we tell them all the time: we don't care what you do vocationally with your life. All we care about is that you're following the Lord, and and working unto His glory. Whether you are doing writing, or you decide to go into some other field, or you, you're at home yeah. with with your kids. Um, and so the point is is that's all of our values, desires, and a mission are, are driven by what God has called us into as a couple. Mm-hmm. That's namely just teaching and writing about the things of God, mm-hmm. namely in the space of family, a marriage, and parenting. So anyway, that, it, you know, I, I would imagine that if you're in, like, so we have friends who are in business. Like, we're technically in business, but like business isn't our thing. We have friends who own multiple businesses, mm-hmm. uh, multiple seven-figure businesses. And they're teaching their kids what it means to be a wise investor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of the levels right now because he shared this on his YouTube channel. Um, but we talked to him kind of in person about this and how they are, instead of just giving his kids a bunch of money, he's saying, or t- telling them to go to college, he's saying like, we, I'll, we'll invest in a business if you want to write one, but and if you want to start one, but you have to come come up with a business plan. You have to come to the table. Come yeah. to the table with yeah. it. And, and John's not even gonna sit on the board of people that decide whether or not he should invest. That's part of their family industry, mm-hmm. and he's passing that down as if he were, you know, uh, a cobbler, or mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of other, you know, a baker, or mm-hmm. you know, um, somebody. I'm trying to think of other a mason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Point is that I just feel like that it that drives, can all yeah. be in, interwoven into mm-hmm. the trajectory. Yes, you want to make you want to meet the educational baseline that the state lays out, which we're going to talk about in a minute. It's pretty low, by the way. So. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely worry. doable. It's easy to hit. So, and you don't want to just meet that the minimum and say we're good. Yeah. You want your child to, th- to flourish, but and, it's all interwoven. And we did not come out of the gate with all of these like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna teach our kids all these things. Like, right. it really, the beauty of it is that it, you grow and you evolve and you learn and you get better at it because you have this time with your kids. Yeah. And so again, each year we sit down, we write the goals, we see where they're at. Okay, like you know from. Th- between ages like three to five, like I want my kids to know how to read, you know, one read at four, one read at five. Like it's fine as long as like I get to, I want them to read during these times. And uh, so again, there's two things that drive our goals. Well, two to three, I would say. But the first one is my knowledge and understanding of my own child uh, and their drawbacks or their abilities. Mm -hmm. And then the second, again, uh, state requirements, again, a very loose uh, understanding I'm keeping a pulse on where we should be 
Uh, But there's a lot of freedom and flexibility in that because my first priority is that I want them to know God and to make him known in the most winsomely way possible. I want them to be contributors and leaders in society. Mm. I want them to do what God, the work that God has put in their hands and to do it well. They need to have formal work or table work as we might call it. Like they need to sit at the table and learn how to do math. That's a basic thing. Reading and writing. You're developing skills and tools when they're young and when as they grow and get older, then you get to kind of further them in that. Um, uh, real quick, how long do you spend at the table? Or is that something you're gonna cover later? No, it's a good question. I think because depending on your ages and stages uh, and depending on what method or approach you take uh, for, I would say you, some people argue that you should take, you know, have a five minute timer or one minute per age that they are. I always add like a a couple minutes Um, and you have a timer there and you're, you're trying to teach them the value of time and the value of the minute and they give their best effort for that amount of time. And if they finish the lesson, they finish it. If not, they come back to it tomorrow. Um, you have to decide that for yourself. That's some, that's a method that's worked for us in different seasons. So you're saying five We've minutes, also, five minutes at the table and that's it. No, five I would say per subject. Per subject. So okay. if we're doing math, if we're doing writing, if we're doing reading. And this is in addition to like the instruction that's happening or the, you know, the memory work that's happening right. around and, it. And that's not table work. The memory work is more. Right. Table work is you have a pencil in your hand basically, and you're at a table, yeah. you're writing, you're learning grammar. You're this epiphany especially was really liberating for us because the thought has been, and you say this all the time, but just because you're what is it? Just this because way? you do school, just because you homeschool doesn't mean you do school at home. So I'm not sit, making my kids sit for six to seven hours a day. You're not trying not. to duplicate whatever that whatever the government the, schools are doing or the private no, schools are doing. Because we don't need to. We can triple that. We can triple that the amount of what they do in half the time. In a quarter of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So. So, I just want. Yeah, I want to be clear about that. Like we we sit at a table. We have formal work, and that is usually done in mm. the morning. That is usually done four to five days a week for my mm. younger ones, four and under. It's four days a week for Della because she's older. It's five days a week. Um, so we, we work into that. They understand that the older sister has more work and she understands that and mm. she rises up to that. Uh, the younger ones have just different things that they do. Everything looks different. Um, we also consider chores a part of their education. Um, yes. I like it. The whole discipleship aspect. I do it. We do it. You do it. I remember seeing a friend post about how our kids were cleaning the bathroom and our kids were, I think, seven, five and like two. And I was like, what in the world? Like, how are they doing this? And she's like, well, it takes time, but I do that. (laughs) I do it and show them. And then the next time they do it and I I watch them, we kind of do it together and then they do it and I watch them. And then the next time they do it on their own and I can just kind of come by and inspect. And so if you take that approach to anything as far as chores go, it can be really helpful in teaching um, (laughs) independence, of teaching not to grumble or complain, do everything as if unto the Lord, right? And not for man. Uh, If you have many children, many little blessings running around, I have heard (laughs) that just give one child one task for one month. Like their only job is to switch the laundry from here to here every day. So. You're not trying to figure out any sort of chore chart or anything. It's just everybody knows what they're supposed to do and you just get that uh, working. There are other things of like kind of a rhythm for us is we'll start yeah. our day, do our formal table work. Uh, the afternoons are kind of open for reading, uh, for extra enrichment, for art, for painting, for poetry, for outside time. Uh, f- this is all. Uh, or whatever the, the flavor the, of the month is. Like, yeah. And the chores that we do, play-wise. there's. There's all kind of all kinds of ways to incentivize. I mean, 
there's the Penny Reward System by Abby Halberstadt, which I thought was really amazing. You'd have to go check that out. We interviewed them like a month or so back. Mm -hmm. Uh, What strikes me about this is how every parent, I mean, thinks their kids, I mean, their kids should be doing chores, whether, whether or not you're home educating. Yeah. Your kids are doing chores, most likely. I was part of my growing up, it was part of your growing up. It's like I just I had these things I had to do and it was a huge drag. I made a very tiny allowance. I think it was $2 a week <laughs> for like 10 tasks I did every week. Um, and it, anyway, the point is, the difference here is that it's not just about getting the work done. It's about the process and the character building aspects mm-hmm. of, of continuing the process and obeying um, the the requests of parents and right. saying this is your job to do. It's I'm not I'm not asking you to do it. It's part of being this. It's, it's what it means family. to be a part of this family. Yep. And here's the thing: we can do it joyfully. We can do it under the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And if any one of us doesn't hold up our end, the rest of us carry that burden for them. Mm-hmm. Which in some cases you do that. The kids are sick or they're having a bad day or whatever. Right. But they understand that they're not an isolated unit. Mm-hmm. They are part of a community. And that community, that first community is our household. And mm-hmm. that first, those first um, co-workers are their siblings. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, again, just to kind of segment our day, you know, we wake up in the morning, we have Bible time with dad, we have breakfast, um, we kind of get ready for the day, do some chores, kind of pick up, and then we'll sit at the table and we'll do our table work, our formal work mm-hmm. for one to two hours, depending on what our two-year-old allows us to get done sometimes because uh, she likes to run around and make messes. And, you know, then we'll have lunch and then maybe we'll finish up some extra reading in the afternoon. But right now at the age that they're at, my our desires are for them to be able to play, to grow, to grow slowly. Yeah. Uh, delay is the way, so we allow them to play, right? I've heard delay is the way, and I, so I'm just like, let them play. Like they are learning. They are work breathing deep. Play that is work, work for them. Yeah. So, yeah. again... It's work. It's 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 how they, it's how they do the hard work to get to understand yes. how the world works. Yeah. Um, and so after our, our afternoon times around four thirty, I try to have a, a cleanup time for the day. So kind of a reset for the next day because otherwise things just carry over, as you know. Uh, fostering godly relationships uh, with our with their siblings is mm. a huge part of discipleship. Full of examples of how you can turn away selfishness, how you can be a blessing to others, and in return be blessed. Uh, how we can share the mm. burden. Um, and now we're going to talk about curriculum, I guess. <laughs> so that was a day in the life, kind of how our general approach. Yes. And so now we're going to talk about the various options available curriculum-wise. And this is going to have to be a, a, fly, a, a flyover, like 50,000 feet. We're going to try to... <laughs> so <laughs> Any one of these is a deep rabbit hole. For sure. I, I just want to say that the the segmented day of, of you know, f- uh, Bible time, formal work, afternoon for playtime, it's kind of, it, it varies in structure as your kids grow. Um, but that's kind of our, our mm. one, two, three, four. That's how it's kind of been segmented as they grow. So curriculum, uh, consider the age and stage of your child. Um, there are, I'm going to use a few terms and maybe you're familiar with them. Maybe you're not. Uh, Charlotte Mason is one of, she's an older, she's not alive anymore. She's, um, from England. She's British. And she just thought that kids should not learn, start like any formal work until they were eight or nine years old, that they should be playing, they should be outside every day for as many hours as possible. <laughs> um, this was a time when kids were in factories. This was a time when uh, when they were being inside, they were just inhaling like all the coals and things like that. But I still hold that truth of kids should be outside as much as possible. Yes, absolutely. Even in the rain. Yes. What is it? Is it the, is it the Dutch that say? Uh, oh, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. <laughs> and we've, being that we live in rainy Washington state, on the rainy side of the state especially, 
you just you can't always be waiting for the perfect weather. Sure. You have to just get out into it, it and you know invest. We've invested into some like good winter coats and yes. things. So yeah, that's been so Charlotte Mason has a whole education book series. Um, you can Google it, Amazon. It's all over there. Uh, online um, curriculum schedules, models. The two uh, that I followed the most are simply Charlotte Mason and then uh, hmm. AmblesideOnline.org. Uh, and you can see what the method is. It's minimal table work for when they're young, and then when they do get to table work, they give their best efforts. But most of the reading, most of the knowledge and learning comes from books, from mm. nature walks, from being outside, learning to observe, also narrating back what they're learning, what they're seeing, identifying, having facts, a lot of comprehension. Uh, the second way I think, and it goes with a curriculum, but not curriculum. It's hard because as people who did not were not home educated, we are unlearning some of the things like. We don't have to have a curriculum that we're married to. Like we can learn, it's more about the method and not always the the actual content. Like yes, I we're gonna learn geography, but we're gonna learn it, we're gonna talk about it first. What do we know about this part of the country? Well, what have you heard in the past? You know, it's a bit of a Socratic method, a bit of, uh, with mm. a classical approach, you have like the five common topics, which is asking questions defining definition what your what is the if we're saying okay we're going to study spain okay well define spain what does that mean what what is you know we're always defining our terms because mm -hmm. it's so important especially nowadays when people are changing the definition of terms <laughs> uh comparison so yes. compare comparing and contrasting um whatever it is you're learning about you can approach anything this way mm. so definition comparison relationship uh questions of relationship cause and effect what happened before this what happened after that mm -hmm. so just as a parent getting good at asking them questions to help prompting them to observe and respond circumstance uh lead to connections between different ideas kind of integration and then authority and testimony so questions of testimony who were the eyewitnesses who's the expert authority on whatever topic it is like if they're talking about I don't know, abortion here, right? Save the babies. Well, who's who's the authority that I should be listening to? Who is the voice that should be uh, the one followed and obeyed? And okay, I am, yes, this is the one that I'm going to submit to, right? And so you're already practicing that at a young age. Mm. Um, some resources, again, Half Hundred Acre Wood. We can put these links in the notes. They follow the classical conversations um, timeline as far as um, cycles. She has great book lists, awesome bundles, uh, she has a structure and a schedule to get started. If you feel like I need a structure, I need a schedule. Uh, there's sunlight, my father's world. Again, there are bundles. Screens, we don't do a lot of screen teaching right now. Sometimes there's a math subject that we get online and we do that, but we, we use gospel tech uh, to, do, to talk about or ask questions about how we should learn on screens. Um, one more resource I just wanted to share before we talk about community, because you don't want to do that alone, um, is worldwatch.news. It's the news in 10 minutes. It's family friendly. They show you everything. It's been incredible conversations. They talk about science, mm. what in the word, like where did this word come from, or you hear common phrases. Um, it's very inexpensive for a whole year. 10 minutes of news, five days a week. Really great. We use it as our social studies. Wow, this is a whirlwind. Yes, and of, I'm. Of, uh, I've got a few more. <laughs> I well, told you I was excited. I just, I just want to say that I don't. You don't have to do it alone, and that's just this community piece. So, okay, we're in the middle of, of I won't say revamping, but we're re, we're re, uh, reevaluating re our yeah. curriculum. So we've been doing CC classical conversations, classical conversations. Mm -hmm. for the last three years. Four years. Four years, um, and we are tweaking it. And the reasons for that, I don't know if you want to get into the reasons for that. 
and I think the reasons might help illustrate this process a little bit. Mm. We realized that it wasn't bibliocentric enough. Now it's a Christian thing, but we felt felt like there's more opportunities to integrate the underlying truths of, of God and scripture into the various aspects uh, of their education. Um, also, there's some other things that that, yeah. that weighed into it. Well, yeah, and I mean, you can read, you can Google anything you want about why people do classical conversations and why they don't. There's a big yeah. fan base for it. I don't have any problems with it. I would, but I. How, we don't need to defend the conversation. Okay, CC. Yeah. The point is, how is classical education? Because this might be the first time anyone's ever heard so, yeah, that term. So. How is that in contrast with what you would find in a government school? So classical education is a model or a mode, a way of educating children and not just, um, it's not, it's not just a subject. It's not just a curriculum. It's a, it's a method. It's a way of learning to ask questions. And it has to do with what's called the trivium. Mm -hmm. And it starts out with what, um, your rhetoric, there's rhetoric, rhetoric, grammar, grammar's first, then dialectic rhetoric. Oh, dialectic and rhetoric. And then rhetoric. So they build off each other. You can see how super invested. Well, in we're in the first phase right now. And so we're not We've just been there for the, line. the last four years. But yes. the point is, is if you picture a, a grocery store uh, and and the, the first phase is you're just putting things on the shelves in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And the grocery yes. store is the child's mind. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, hey, this is what uh, this is what an atom is. And this is what uh, two plus two equals. And you're just kind of it's it's a lot of very rote memorization. It is. And that can and then determine that can that it, can kind of push people away. But the thing is, is that you're not teaching them about how to use two plus two. You might because they'll be so familiar with it. They learn how to skip count everything from, you know, well, you don't skip count ones, but twos all the way up to fifteens. Um, they're they're learning these no. things by song. I mean, if you're singing Mary Had a Little Lamb, you can sing seven 14 20 you know like that's it's it's the same they don't know exactly what's happening right. conceptually but they are learning there you're putting you're filling the shelves you're putting the pegs up so that they can understand and i am so grateful for that because i, I want to finish the analogy okay. it's I, I gotta it's i gotta keep up this this, this episode is hard so you have you're <laughs> filling their their shelves with these items okay? at a young age and then the second phase of a trivium um i, I think it's dialectic i can't remember and rhetoric <laughs> is the last one the second phase is, okay, it's basically the equivalent of now go in and I want you to make bake a cake. Okay, you have shelves, you have all this stuff. Now go in and use the knowledge you have and come out with a, a conclusion, mm-hmm. right? And then the final phase, the rhetoric phase, is the more thinking for yourself and synthesizing based on what you've been taught. So now it's not not putting things on your shelves. I'm not saying go bake a cake. I'm saying make something beautiful. Right. Make something delicious. You go, you decide. You decide what it is. You decide how you're going to do it. But I'm not going to give you a recipe. I'm just going to say we want something that's delicious and valuable, and we want it to come out of your brain, your gro- your grocery store. This is the third phase. This is the third phase, right? So they're okay. going in and they're synthesizing, and then they'll come back, and this is where they're right. they're thinking, right? They're actually producing ideas of their own. It's, it's the thing. yeah, and it's the learning stages of children as they mature, mm-hmm. as they focus, uh, and focuses the education method in each stage. Grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Yes, it's also known as like grammar, uh, I think dialectic and rhetoric. So there's a few different ways to approach it. Yes, but those are yeah. the the main ones, and so uh, there's a quadrivium also. Anyways, we won't go there. <laughs> but classical education is a, a method 
uh, CC actual classical conversations mm-hmm. uh, is a uh, a business and it is something that we've been a part of. It's where I've met many friends and they've become great friends. Yeah. Uh, again, don't do this alone. Get in a community. There's tons of online stuff like the 1000 hours outside, the wild and free. Again, filter through what you're seeing, what you're hearing through a biblical lens, uh, because there are many, many things that are yeah. not um, gospel centered or Christ centered. Right. And so, um, I'm not a fan. We are not a fan of unschooling. We're not a fan of child-led schooling or methods like that. I uh, don't hate people, but like we are the parents. It's our job to teach. It's our job to lead them uh, and to guide them. Again, some of the I would say the two biggest beauties of homeschooling are the freedom and the flexibility that you have mm. uh, to come alongside other mamas, learning alongside other families. Um, you get to do it at your pace. But you also get to do it when you want. I mean, if I don't know, it's 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 having grown up in such a compartmentalized approach to education, uh, it's really hard to unlearn those methods. And so integrating mm. and being okay with, okay, we're taking two days off this week because life is crazy. Kids are sick. That's okay. We're not going to miss anything, right? Um, yeah. So take some time, go through the filters of curriculum look some of those we'll put Mm. some of those links in the show notes and in the notes in the comments below um but check them out those are probably some of our top uh five that i would say some of them come with full book lists and structures and bundles and schedules and some come with just recommendations um again there's freedom there can we just take a moment i want to bask in the beauty of being able to craft the, the educational experience for our children, yeah. right? We're going to get into books and resources and things where you can begin, like, take this conversation even further. But just yesterday, we were going through, uh, we're talking through, the, again, we're reconsidering all of our kind of curriculum choices mm-hmm. that we're making for our kids in their ages and stages that they're at. And, I mean, just the conversation that came up, we are talking about, like, the wonder of getting getting to do science experiments experiments with them and do mm-hmm. those with our community. Mm-hmm. So as, as a dad, I, I get excited about that because I'm, science inclined, I'll say, and you are as well, but um, thinking through the options there, thinking through uh, how we're going to show them and, and immerse them in art. Last last month, we went to a Van Gogh exhibit mm-hmm. in our hometown. It was where they have these really high resolution video, uh, projectors, mm-hmm. and it's this immersive 100 feet tall walls, not 100 feet tall, but 100 feet long, you know, 50 feet tall. And we were having conversations as we watched this. It's an, a 30 minute loop, yeah. loop of these Van Gogh um, paintings. And I just was asking the girls, how does that one make you feel? Why does it make you feel that way? Well, and even then, we could ask them, oh, remember, do you remember the name of this one? Like, we we studied Van Gogh last summer, mm-hmm. but we kind of brought him back up because we knew we were going. Right. Do you remember where he was from? Where did he live? Oh, what did he, he couldn't sleep at night, so he would paint sometimes. And, like, there's a ton more resources of mm-hmm. books that are coming out to teach kids about uh, historical figures, artists, composers yeah. um, at their level. So that's the art piece. So you can take them to various, you know, art installations. I'm thinking of in Grand Rapids. Um, I was there with our publisher a few number of years ago, and there's an amazing art museum just right there. And mm-hmm. I wish we could take our, our girls there. Um, but those opportunities are open to you as a home educating right. parent. Right. Um, also, other aspects of art, like getting them involved in, in local community theater, or in, where our kids are in a choir. Yep, um, homeschool choir. Uh, they take piano lessons, and uh, even like geography lessons. We've, um, you can teach them. No, so say you had a, a trip planned uh, to we during the COVID lockdowns and stuff. We got this really good deal on a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. And so uh, I was able to use points. It was a virtually free trip. It was an amazing trip. And so knowing that we're going there, we start learning about 
uh, tropical ecosystems and volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And and so when we go there, it's not just a, a, a vacation. Right, it's, just, a, it's, an, it's, an, it's a... It's an opportunity for education. Yes, and, and it's an extension yeah. of their education. Yeah. Um, and you can just go on and on. If you're into... I, I'm a programmer by trade. I, maybe not so much anymore, but I used to do a lot of programming. Well, I can teach them some of the baseline kind of logical, I mean, programming logic mm-hmm. that helps them think. And that that's fun. And they love it. If they, if they see that you love something, they're going to love it too. Right, right. Um, and so anyway, I can go on and on. Like we're debating whether or not we should go harder into Latin with the kids or into If Koine you look Greek. at the classical model, Latin and Greek are typically the languages that are began they're started with with at a young age because um they can help children learn other languages quickly and so that's that's the basic approach in like yes. three words or less so and so we're having an internal debate selena and i not really debate for us we're gonna teach our kids koine greek because i feel like well it helps you it helps all of us yes we are all but that's you can make that decision of, if right. your kids in any sort of structured school um you're gonna there's benefits to that you don't have to make these types of decisions I'm talking about Christian school. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. government schools not being ideal for for this, um, but the point is, is that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. As a as a parent, we can really embrace that and, and press into it. Like we started this video, home education is a journey. Uh, don't do it alone. Where you start is not where you will end. You'll mm-hmm. be surprised uh, what you can accomplish. One of the first things that I ever did, and I still do, is I just had a basic notebook. And I, I was like, what did we actually do today, right? And so as we did it, I wrote it down so that I could identify what we were doing. You know, whether it was learning shapes, the ABCs, doing this. Um, doing this. Doing reading, writing, whatever the small task that it was, I just wrote it down. I wrote the day, the date, and I wrote it down. And now I'm trying to keep track of, okay, how many days are we actually doing school? Because I'm trying to get a just a feel for, you know, we're supposed to have, I think, a 1,000 hours or 200 180 days of school in the state of Washington. And so keeping track of some of that time, just recording it for my own benefit, for my own understanding of, of rhythms and habits. Um, but don't do not do it alone. Um, get the lay of the land. Some of the resources that helped me get started, um, Sarah McKenzie on Read Aloud Revival. She has a podcast. She's on Instagram, all the things. Her book, just, I mean, Teaching I from... So many of these. I, I won't say, go through list them, them all. Yeah. Uh, teaching from Rest was probably the one of the best books that I started with. I know it might stress some people out, but it really helped me kind of understand uh, Hmm. the basics. I would definitely start there. Uh, There is a plan your year homeschool planner. I'm not, I don't like using planners. I feel locked in. (laughs) However, this one explains all the different methods very quickly, um, the different approaches, the different ways to cycle through reading. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful and really tangible. So plan your year uh, is the homeschool planner. And I forget who it's by, but I can link that. Um, where we purchase books, um, like we get, I go to Mystery of History for like a textbook and it, we we read it as a family. Uh, for science, I've used Dr. J.L. Weil. He has different cycles of science according to the historical timelines, um, ancient and modern to creation. Um, for memory work, like I said, we've been doing CC. We're also looking at Claritas. Uh, book lists are super helpful, again, Sarah McKenzie, Read Aloud Revival, Half Hundred Acre Wood, Heart of Dakota, some great places to start. Um, But where we purchase is typically christianbook.com. They have competitive pricing, good selection, Amazon, thrift books, eBay, local marketplaces online, whatever you can find. as for Bible, and I think we should just (laughs) we should just end it there because it's a good way to end. Um, New City Catechisms, the app, the songs. Kids at young ages learn everything by song. I think we even still, as adults, 
retain so much information yeah. by song. Catherine Voss, The Child's Story yeah. Bible, not to replace the actual reading of the Bible. Getty Kids for music, G E T T Y. The Slugs and Bugs one. Uh, Slugs and Bugs is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, they're they're pretty fun. <laughs> uh, then sings my soul is a book. It's a hymn book uh, with stories uh, behind each of the hymn writers. But before we close, I want to say that no matter how much our kids memorize or how awesome we think they are at doing math or anything, if they fail to see God and if they fail to see the beauty of who he is and they fail to know him, uh, then mm. I feel like I, I've failed, right, as a home educator because I don't want them to just learn how learn these things and do these things. I want them to know where where the world came from and why what's the purpose mm -hmm. of us learning about these things i mean if they can rattle off latin and greek great but it's like what is what is it first corinthians 13 it, i can speak with tongues of angels but if i have not love like it, it doesn't matter so if they can rattle off yeah. latin and greek but they can't learn to love their neighbor and get along with them and share the gospel with them then yeah what does it matter yeah and that's always going to come from a place of knowing the creator of all right. and so that's our ultimate goal our ultimate uh, our ultimate metric of success is have we shown them christ mm -hmm. in this topic and so that's our prayer for this video is have we shown you christ i know we've talked very tangibly we've gotten very specific selena i'm, I'm just in awe of your breadth of knowledge and thank you for sharing <laughs> i'm learning still as i just talk with just you even overflows. today overflows i can share more at another video i mean <laughs> there's nothing that replaces just that level of ownership that you've taken of it so thank you i really appreciate that and thank you for sharing um, and our hope is that you've gotten some tangible tools out of that. But more than that, we want you to see Christ in the reason for why we even do this. It's not about just giving our kids a leg up in life so they can make more money and buy right. more stuff. Right. Or they can be higher power citizens in society. That's not the goal. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care what stat status or what social strata they, they, they transcend right in society. I don't care about that stuff only so insofar as they love the Lord and they honor him mm -hmm. and that they they are they are found abiding in Christ mm -hmm. and so that's our hope um, if you don't know who Jesus is and you want that level of depth and purpose then the invitation is wide open right mm -hmm. he's inviting you into a relationship with him he's inviting you to place your faith in him he alone will be the one that withstands the judgment day and he will cover you if your faith is in him and so uh, if you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, go to thenewsisgood.com. It's a website we've set up to just lay the framework for you and to invite you into a relationship with Christ through discipleship in a local church yeah. and through getting into a local church and all the tools are there. So do check that out or send that to a friend. Um, but we love this opportunity that we have to show Christ to our mm -hmm. kids through discipleship and through education. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, opportunity to share so much of the just the, the, the wonder of uh, that it is to know you and to educate and the tools that are available through the body of Christ and through other minds. Lord, what a grace it is to learn and to teach. I pray for the couple or for the parent watching this, that if they feel intimidated, that you would embolden them. If they feel afraid, that you would give them courage. Lord, and I pray that you'd give them a tangible next step to move forward and to do so without striving, but to do so out of a place of joy mm. and a place of fulfillment in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, this extra long episode of The Fierce Parenting <laughs> thing is in the can see you again in about seven days till next time stay fierce